Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of WN Movie Talk Podcast. I'm Trev, formerly known as We Need to Talk About Movies Podcast, and this week I am joined by yet another wheel in the cog of WN Movie Talk. And it's my friend Stan, whose real name is James. Stan, hello. Hello there, Trevor. Nice to join you. I haven't sacked my brother Robin off, in case you're wondering. I'm sure he'll be back at some point. We just haven't met up for a while, and I just couldn't wait to talk about films. So Stan has kindly said that he'd join me. Yeah, you said about doing this, and I thought I'd throw you off the scent by going, it'll have to be Robocop. You didn't throw me off the scent at all, because it's actually... I said, you know, what sort of films do you like? And you said, well, one of my favourites is Robocop. I said, that's actually one of my... It's in my top ten favourite films. I love it. I never thought it'd be in your top ten. I'm glad it is, because it is a brilliant film. <laughs> it is brilliant, yeah. It's brilliant. I've had it on Blu-ray, and I hadn't got round to watching it. And, uh, yeah, I'm glad I did. I enjoyed it as much watching it the other night as I have done all through my life, since I was a little boy. <laughs> I know, it never fails, does it, to uh, entertain. No, I like what you say there, you've watched this since you was a little boy. <laughs> How old do you reckon you was when you watched it? I was just saying to my sister about it, I think it was probably her who had it, or rented it, when I first watched it, and I think it was early 90s, I think, when did it come out? 87. 87, I think I probably watched it around 91, 92, so I'd have been about 10 or 11, so probably not ideal. No, I watched it the year it came out onto video, I remember the chap at the post office in our village used to hire videos and he'd put them aside for me i used to write reviews in the local village newspaper yeah. and i was looking forward to robocop because the poster had been in a window for ages and i remember when i went to get it and he's like yeah i don't think you should watch this one trevor i've watched it i don't think you should watch it <laughs> i was still in primary school oh, at man. this point yeah but my brother robin who i do the podcast with he hired it out and I remember he called me and he's like, Trevor, come and watch this. And he showed me the Ed 209 bit. <laughs> and I was I was literally nine, ten. Um, but the next day, my mum was at work. Robin still had the video and me and my mate snuck it and we watched it. <laughs> yeah, I think we watched it two or three times in that day. And we used to play it. Everyone else would playing in school, playing like, what's the time, Mr. Wolf or playing football, kiss chase. We was running around the playground playing robocop robocop awesome all the violence all the language it's weird as a kid <laughs> scenes from film stay with me and the scene from that film from robocop that stayed with me was the toxic waste where he comes out of that, like that. but now as i watch it as an adult the darkest scene by far in that film is where murphy gets taken out at the beginning oh yes it's dark Awful. but as a kid yeah, I, it didn't faze me yeah it was the melty man i know i watched the um director's cut today as well and that scene is even worse is it they added there's longer shots they literally shotgun blast his arm off well i've actually got i've got a fact go on i'd love to hear a fact um yeah the gore of that scene got cut down 12 times and submitted to give it a certificate um it had to go 12 times before getting an r rating because they didn't want it to be x rated Mm. so they had to do 12 edits of it before they said, all right, we'll let that go as a as an 18. Yeah, the director, Paul Verhoeven, he said, he kept going back to the studios as well, because they kept wanting it cut. And he's like, it's basically an allergy of Christ. This, you can't have the resurrection without seeing the crucifixion. That's what he was saying. <laughs> that's, that's, and um, that's, yeah, that's how he sort of won them over. But before we get on to the film, I often put a question out to our listeners on Facebook, Stan. So this week, okay. I said, we all watch films that we shouldn't have watched when we were kids. What films do you remember watching when you were too young that you really shouldn't have? Uh, Do you want to hear some answers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Dean Harvey said, uh, American Wealth in London, shit my pants and couldn't sleep right for weeks. (laughs) I'd done exactly the same with American Wealth in London. I think I was a bit older when I watched that one, actually. Yeah, I I remember it come on telly. I used to have the Michael Jackson thriller um, and it had the making of it on the the videos. I always used to buy making of videos and they talked about American Wealth in London and that, so I was obsessed with it before I'd even seen it and then it came on the telly one night and I stayed up, had a TV in my bedroom. I watched the first 10 minutes and uh, yeah, I couldn't sleep (laughs) for nights, but that became one of my favourite films as well. It's a good film. Slaughtered lamb. Jason Paris says, we managed to get zombie flesh eaters out of the video shop when we was about 13 ruined me. <laughs> I don't, you know what? I don't think I've ever seen that. No, that sounds like a bit of a gore-fest uh, yeah. video nasty, doesn't it? Yeah. Not the sort of thing I would have watched. But Becca Gulliver says, I woke up, got out of bed when I was three or four. It looks like she says three quarters. When I was three quarters, <laughs> but I think she says three or four. <laughs> three quarters of went, my height. <laughs> went and sat with my stepdad and watched Alien with him. So 
<laughs> my older brother Robert showed me some of Alien when I was younger. That was before yeah. we moved down here, so I must have been about three or four as well. Yeah, that's that's yeah, that'll be shocking at that age, surely. <laughs> <laughs> Crystal Rocks. I remember watching the original Fog when I was seven or eight. My mum didn't know I was awake. From that first film, I've developed a very unnatural love of horror films and anything gory. Nice. Again, I don't think I've seen that. Chris Benton, Scanners and Phantasm. I don't know Phantasm, but Scanners is uh, David Cronenberg, so he does a lot of body horror, like The Fly he done, didn't oh, Okay. Existence. As a young boy watching these two films turned me into a shivering mess. Uh, Alan Day says, probably Alien. I love sci-fi. Leon Bateman said, Mum was at work. Dad sat me down to watch Amityville Horror. Oh, mate. I think I was about five or six. I'd like to say it put me off horror films for life, but my dad did it again long, not long after, and he sat me down to watch A Nightmare on Elm Street. Jesus. I've never had watched anything remotely scary since. Hashtag scared for life. Amityville Horror, I think, is pips Elm Street that's been scary. I only watched Amityville Horror about a month ago, two months ago. Oh, really? And it's absolutely awful. Both versions. The Ryan Reynolds version was crap as well. And Rob Jones says, I saw Robocop at about nine or ten. I haven't watched a single episode of that 70s show. Because that's uh, Kurtwood Smith, isn't it? Clarence Bodica is the oh, dad is it? in that, I think. Yeah. Ah, he's brilliant in that. In Robocop. Oh, brilliant. So brilliant. They, they all are brilliant. Him and Ronnie Cox as well. They're do- both cast against type. They're both known for playing nice guys on the TV. Oh, Dick Jones. Um, I had to look who Dick Ronnie Jones. Cox was. Dick Jones. Yeah. yeah They're both known for playing nice guys. It, Dick Jones is in Beverly Hills Cop, isn't he? He's the chief in that, isn't he? Oh, is he? Yeah, he is. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 And he's a Got nice guy in that one. But anyway, that's about it for the uh, listeners, Stan. No, it's good. I'm glad someone said Robocop. That's good. Yeah. A nice tie-in. What else was there? There's some, yeah, there's some dark films. Alien would have spun me out when I was younger. Yeah. Um, anything. I'm not very good with Supernatural, even still. And I'm a grown-up. Yeah, I want to be scared when I watch a horror. And I never am. It's either too many jump scares or just goes over the top at the end. They might start off eerie, but they usually end up rubbish. I liked Insidious. Yeah. When that first came out, I thought, oh, this is good. Mm. And I watched the first half of it and then had a break. And I remember saying, oh, that's brilliant, this film. Went back to it and then they just ruined it. It went silly yeah. and just... Oh. That's what I mean, yeah. It was a good The good first start. half of it was good. But they just ruined it, I thought. My yeah. opinion. They always do that. They always do that. Yeah. So, anyway, Stan, should we talk about Robocop then? Yes, please. All right. So, Robocop, 1987. Written by Ed Newmeyer and... What's the other chap called? I had his name here somewhere. Uh, Michael Miner. Michael Miner, that's right, Stan, yeah. And um, directed by Paul Verhoeven. You've seen many Paul Verhoeven films? Do you know what films he's done? No, I don't know what films he's done. I bet you've seen Total Recall. Yes. Uh, Starship Troopers. Yes. Ed Newmeyer wrote that as well, actually, based on a Robert Heinlein What's Starship Troopers? Uh, Showgirls. Showgirls, definitely seen that. Have you? <laughs> I don't think I ever have. Have you? It's got Elizabeth Berkeley out of uh, Saved by the Bell. Yeah, we've been watching Saved by the Bell this week yeah. with the kids, funnily enough. If you pause it, you can see a part of her that you never saw in uh, Saved by the Bell, if I remember correctly. <laughs> well, that's funny because there's another film that he'd done where you used to pause it to see a part of a lady. Not Basic Instinct. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yes. Yeah. You done basic instinct as well. I was probably too young when I was doing that, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> and then he done the Hollow Man. I don't know what he's done more recently, but I think before this he'd done a, a film called Flesh and Blood with Rutger Hauer. Oh, that was more him. of a foreign film, I think, because he's a uh, Holland, isn't he? Doesn't he come from Holland or something? Is he Dutch? Hey, Rutger Hauer or Paul Verhoeven? How is he? It sounds it sounds a bit of a Dutch name, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, it's interesting that it did Starship Troopers though. I, I'm yeah. I like that. And actually, watching Robocop again, I'd like to watch Total Recall again, but yeah. none of those films ever had the same appeal to me as Robocop, no. if I'm honest. It was all the elements of Robocop. It had everything for me. Yeah, and I mean, let's talk about the film. Most action films of the 80s would kick off with a big action scene, wouldn't they? Yeah. It'd be a car chase. And yeah. Robocop is straight in with a news report. It starts funny doesn't it that's right yeah the news report and the adverts first yeah the medical and like you can get a new heart yammer heart and it's like yeah we we are heart doctors and we care the the news report sets up the space program that hasn't santa barbara's been like wiped out by a missile from space or something Something like like that that, yeah because it's like there's a there's a commercial and then it goes to the news anchors doesn't it yeah and when it comes back to them and then it's a bit of exposition they set up the cop killing yeah 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 detroit again don't they yeah 
yeah, an yeah. OCP. The police have been privatised, and it was you could just see all that sort of stuff still happening, yeah, yeah, yeah. can't you? It sort of for that first five minutes of the film, it creates the whole Detroit in that time, doesn't it? It's good. Yeah. But yeah, then it goes into Murphy being reassigned to the police station, as you say. Yeah, he's come from Metro South. Yeah, which is like a, a like a paradise over there, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, and someone actually says to him, welcome to hell. But then he, what I never picked up on before, I was watching it this time and I was like, yeah, why has he come to here? But he's been told to come by yeah. OCP. That's right. Yeah, and you hear later across. on. Bob Morton actually says, we've placed prime candidates into high-risk areas. Oh, okay. Looking so he's been selected to go there, basically, hopefully, to get killed. So they, so they can, can bring him into the program. To create a RoboCop. Oh, isn't that nice? Oh, isn't that nice of them? Because he's nice. had to sign the disclaimer. They say that when they lose his arm, don't yeah. they? Yeah. Well, oh, that's really like, nice of them. It's about the people, isn't it? Oh. <laughs> and that's, of course, yeah, you first meet Reed. We got we got to mention Reed. Oh, Reed, yeah, the old uh, angry chief who runs the station. Yeah, oh, he's brilliant. Yeah, I like him. He's a good character. We'll have no more talk about strikes. We are police officers. Already, the the, the policemen are already talking about striking at this point. Aren't this is they? the cuts and just the danger. And the film moves at a rapid pace. It's, it, it's like two hours long, isn't it? But it doesn't feel like it at all. Yeah, it's about it? an hour fifty, and it or something. No, it goes really quick. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, we meet Lewis for the first time. She comes in beating up a perp. Saying about the the actors being cast against type, Nancy Allen, up until this point, she's always played like a, a sort of a giddy blonde, isn't she? She was in... Um, so I've never never seen her in anything else. She's in Carrie. Oh, Carrie, what, the Stephen King? She's one of the bullies in that, isn't she? Oh. Um, she'd done a couple of films with... Um, Brian De Palma. Okay. But yeah, in this, she came to the audition. She had like big blonde hair and Paul Verhoeven was like, cut your hair off and you have the role, basically. Yeah. Oh, she was good in it. Yeah, she's and good. And he was ahead of his time, wasn't he, for gender neutral. You know, <laughs> this police station all changing together. Yeah, yeah. Nancy Allen's a bit of a tomboy, isn't she? Boisterous. You'd have to say that. <laughs> I'll say what I want, mate. It's my yeah, say what I want. It's your podcast. <laughs> yeah, so that, so that sets the scene with him and uh, Lewis, doesn't it? Yeah, it cuts to OCP, doesn't it, in the first board meeting. We meet Bob Morton and Johnson. Yeah, Johnson is. And Mr. Yeah. Kinney going up in the elevator, slagging off Dick Jones. And Johnston's a funny character, isn't he? He always seems like a nice guy. He doesn't yeah. seem like the sort of guy you'd expect in a corporate. And especially at the end when he gives that weird look. <laughs> oh, what? Is that when Dick Jones? <laughs> when they finds out that Dick Jones was behind Bob Morton's death, and he's like, does a little like smile. A puppet, isn't he? Like yeah, a puppet. Yeah, yeah. He's quite a small role, isn't it, really, for him? Quite a small role. He didn't do a lot. It's not as small as Kinney's role. Meet the old man who reminds me of some old Sith Lord. <laughs> yeah. In Robocop 2, he's a bit more of a bastard, isn't he? Yeah. They've made him the, the bastard. But in, in this Rob- one, he's like the... He's actually all right. He's a good old boy. You know, even Dick Jones says it later. You know, oh, the old man, he's a he's a sweet old guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm number two. Yeah, yeah. And he's not going to be around forever. You better watch out, buddy boy. Ronnie Cox as Dick Jones is brilliant in this. And I mean, even Smarmy. just when he's giving his talk, he sounds like an arsehole, you know? He's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He's got that aggressive tone to him, hasn't he, when he's talking? Ruthless. But he's got this project that's going to make him billions of pounds. It's going to sell it to the army. And it is just one of the best things I ever saw as a kid. It was Ed 209 walking in. Ed 209. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I watched it a couple of days ago and you think, oh, it doesn't, it doesn't look as good, but it's still good. It's um, Phil Tippett does the animation. It's all stop motion animation. That's brilliant. Isn't it? See, I, I do away with CGI. I, it, it ruins it for me. Some of these films now, like the Transformers films, I can't watch it. It's too well, much. No, and I think that's the new Robocop had that Transformers feel about it. I didn't like it. I didn't it's like it. It's fl- too yeah. fluid. Not mechanical yeah. at all. No. Nah, Whereas this has a real it. mechanical feel about it. The shot in Robocop's leg when it, can you see his gun coming in and out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just all mechanical, awesome. isn't it? Everything's cool. Phil Tippett, who does the stop motion animation, he done loads on Star Wars, all the ATSTs and oh, like, yeah. the Rancor monster and all yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah. that. And that was the same guy. An absolute absolute legend in the industry, yeah. But after, it's this scene here with Ed 209 where my first favourite quote comes. Yeah. There's obviously the scene that happens, Ed 209 malfunctions, absolutely destroys a bloke with bullets, doesn't he? It's ridiculous amounts of bullets and blood. And it's just yeah. the way Dick goes up to the old man and the old man just says, Dick, I'm very disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> just the way he says it. Oh, fuck. 
so blasé. You call this a glitch? <laughs> you call this a glitch? <laughs> Mate is there just absolutely in pieces. I like the line, right? Someone call the paramedics. It's like... <laughs> there's no saving him there's no saving him mate and like I said the director's cut as well it's even longer he's lying on the table still getting shot and it's just continuing to pound bullets in oh, I love it. but then yeah so that gives Rob Morton then uh, Miguel Ferrer he gets the chance then to pitch his idea yeah. and makes an enemy of Dick Jones Dick, instantly Dick the ball and he's yeah. there to pick it up yeah, that's what it business is, With his mate. Robocop programme. Miguel Ferrer, he was in Twin Peaks, I always remember. I've seen him in a few things. He's one of them, yeah, I've seen and him in a few things. And he was in uh, Hot Shots Part 2. Okay, Part 2. Part 2. He's the one who can't shoot. And at the end, he's like, I can kill again. <laughs> <laughs> but so then, so after that, where do we go from that? I think that's where... I think now it cuts back to Murphy... And Lewis, Lewis. And he's doing his TJ Laser. That's it. He learnt with a kid TJ Laser spin of the gun. I think they stopped for probably a bit of coffee and a donut or something, probably. Oh, it's bound to be coffees and donuts. Well, the, poli- the, the look of the police, like in all their riot gear and that. Yeah, they look I mean, like, the police yeah. nowadays out in LA and stuff are wearing that sort of thing. It reminds me of Predator 2. Yeah. In Predator 2, where you see the police, it's like a war zone, isn't it? You leave that police station, you're going to get shot at. Something's going to happen, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But that's, and then, yeah, they get the call. They're at that donut, and that's when they get the call. And they, that's when we first see the, the baddies. Clarence Bodica and his crew. In the back of the van with the burnt money. You burnt the fucking money! Yeah. <laughs> Clarence Bodica, <sighs> he is a brilliant villain isn't he just horrible smarmy oh, he's just sleazy horrible oh mate can you fly Bobby he does fly yeah he gets shot in the leg and they throw him they out throw him out that's how ruthless Clarence Bodeker is he you know he doesn't care yeah that's one of his guys when they find Murphy you know Murphy catches the two blokes there they're watching the telly in that warehouse I'd buy that for a dollar. Oh, I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> that's the first time you see him, isn't it? I think that, that is the first time you see it, isn't and it? And I don't think he actually says, I'll buy that for a dollar at that no, point. No, in that point. He only says it about two or three times, but that is probably one of the most iconic lines for the film, isn't it? It's like Benny Hill or something, isn't it? It's like, He's just Whoa. there with those two two girls like with massive, uh, massive um, personalities. Yeah, he pushes the cake on her boobs and... <laughs> It's just yeah, the overlapping. Over- <laughs> the overlapping, yeah, yeah. Very really Benny Hill, wouldn't it? Before that happens, and then Lewis is the, I don't know the guy's name, the guy with a beret, um, and he's he's having a slash and he's having a waz. She says something, he turns around, he's like, you mind if I zip this up? And then she can't, she can't resist a cheeky look at the cock. <laughs> and that's it, as soon as she, as soon as she goes, as soon as that, she looks, that that's it, bang. Man. He's got that, her. Yeah, a little look down and he's... Yeah, she can't resist. You can guy. see her fighting it. She's like, I must look at the penis. <laughs> and that's, that's her, yeah. And then she gets gets yeah, got, doesn't she? His name is Cox. <laughs> see, I've written this in my notes. You mind if I zip this up? And I've put in brackets, the old cock trick. I use that many times. You know, if anyone points a gun at you, just get your wang out. I've written here as well, iconic, dead or alive, you're coming with me. He says that as Murphy. That's right, yeah. He does. Um, and that is to the guy, sort of the, the bald ginger guy. Emil. Emil. Emil, that's it, yeah. And then uh, later on, when he's Robocop, he recognises it. I know you. Yeah, because he says that you. to him. Yeah. Killed you. Then Murphy like gets them, he shoots one of them, and then he goes to capture Emil, and that's when all the gang come down. And they're just like... It's so cold, like... Yeah. I never, as I said, I never noticed it as a kid, but when I've watched it the other day, it's just the coldness of it, how cold they are. They've got no, you know, empathy at all. No, he's not a person to them, is he? He's just a cop. Nah. And then, yeah, Clarence gets the gun, doesn't he? And he's, Murphy's on the floor and he starts going, blows his hand off. They're just they? They're like spiteful children tormenting an animal, aren't they? Do you know what I mean? Give the man a hand. Oh, the way his pad explodes and then the arm and arm, man. Yeah, in the director's cut, you see it's uh, Nash, who is another actor out of Twin Peaks. He plays Leyland Palmer. Is he like like the face? He's like face out of 18. Yeah. 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 Yeah, he shotguns Murphy's arm off in the director's cut and it just comes off in one shot. It's horrible. Yeah, so that is, yeah, brutal scene. For me, that is the darkest scene in the film. Because, I mean, the rest of the violence in this is very comical, very over the top. Yeah, slightly, yeah. And then, of course, it's then the montage of him becoming... Which is brilliant, isn't it? You soon forget the violence, don't you? You're like, once that starts, that montage... 
you're absorbed in it. You're like, it's only like a couple of minutes long, but it feels... Yes, it goes through the hospital, doesn't it? Yeah. It goes them trying to resuscitate him, and then it's them giving they up. They used a real a real team for that. They, there was dialogue written in the script, and then Paul Verhoeven said, well, let's just get a real emergency team. We just film them, take him off the helicopter, and just film what they would do. Oh, awesome. And then he starts, he starts having some flashbacks. The, then the screen goes black for like 15 seconds, doesn't it? Yeah. Because it happened last the other night, and I was like, oh... Have I bought a dodgy blue? Ah, no, I remember. And then it comes up, and it's the digital screen, and they're doing all the tweaks, putting all the grids on, and there's the Christmas party. And, Come on! Yeah. It's for you! Go Robo! <laughs> Go Robo! <laughs> and it's that filter, when he's got the screen, and you see him through Robocop's eyes, there's that, like, it's real simple, but really it's effective. Just like lines across the screen, is it? Like a video quality. And like the news reports as well are filmed in like a video quality as well, aren't they? Yeah, that sort of fuzzy, like a little mm. old TV, analogue TV sort of thing. Um, just the energy again. There's something about that police station and the way it just, it's busy. Oh, because he walks in, doesn't he? He comes in. And when it in. comes in and you see them all pushing, they're like an entourage of them and they're bringing all the equipment for Robocop. Yeah, yeah. All the police are just like, what the fuck is this, they're man? They're sort of running, out, running around and looking Following for the... him through like frosted glass. You don't see him. I mean, the, all you've seen of him so far is like the back of his head in that yeah, monitor. Yeah, silhouette. As he's the silhouette past. of him. Yeah, and then obviously it goes to the shooting range. That gun is iconic. I do remember when we were kids, uh, my mate had like laser guns. Oh, okay, yeah. And it looked just like the Robocop guns. Oh, oh I love my it. God. It was made it's up. like you're saying when it comes, yeah, oh, everything about that is brilliant. That gun, it's a beast. Everything about that suit though is great, isn't it? Paul Verhoeven says he, he sort of almost sculpted it on um, Fritz Lang's Metropolis, the robot in that. Okay, uh, C3PO was based on it as well, but and oh, then okay. they've sort of put it to some some Japanese designs as well and they sort of merged the two but it just it's awesome isn't it and his, his visor yeah, everything's awesome I remember that's look. what I mean when the poster came up in the, the, the post office in our village and it was there for months before the film came out and I can just remember like thinking what is that I want to watch that yeah part man part machine all cop the, on the special features as well they was talking about um, Ed Newmeyer had written the screenplay and he said he was embarrassed with the title and it was just a sort of a working title. And he's like, we, we, we will change it. Because whenever anyone asks, what are you writing? He's like, Robocop. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? what? Robocop. And then they were showing it to different studios. And like, we're never making a film called Robocop. Just sounds shit. <laughs> you know? And he passed it around to so many directors. And they was just sending back going, no, no. And like the producer says, well, you know, I got the idea that no one actually reading the script they wasn't getting past the title and Paul Verhoeven even said he picked it up read the title for what the hell is this and just threw it and then his wife like picked it up and she started reading it and she's like Paul I think you should take a closer look at this there's a lot going on here and there is isn't there it's like, yeah, yeah 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 and you think this came out similar time as Terminator and they're two similar stories but yeah you both completely different styles I've got a fact about that everything. you've mentioned that it's one of my facts Okay. That, um, Edward Newmeyer, he actually yeah. pitched it. He pitched the script to Stan Lee um, as a possible comic, having it as a comic book series, and then obviously going on. Yeah. Before Stan Lee got a chance to give an answer and look at it or whatever, they went and watched Terminator together. To which, after watching Terminator, Stan Lee said to Edward Newmeyer, "Boy, you're never going to top that." And he turned it down. After watching Terminator, he was like, I'm not interested in, you know, it's never going to be better than that. Uh, and that's probably just dismissing it as Robocop and no depth to it, where actually <laughs> it's got quite a lot of depth. It is it. a lot of depth. It's satirical. It's funny. It's There's loads of layers with it, isn't there? Yeah, I just you know? I just love the world they created, that OCP, the Detroit at that time. I love it. Yeah. And they actually, filmed... apparently, they shot some of it in Detroit, didn't they? No, I think it was all filmed in but, Dallas. I think there were a couple of parts in Detroit and they filmed oh, right. it in Dallas because the skyline of Detroit didn't look futuristic Futuristic. Enough. No, it's yeah. a slummy area, but it's not a very Yeah, because it does look quite futuristic doesn't it? But, but slummy, Paul Verhoeven say. said there's a futuristic skyline in Dallas, but one building in particular has like a green neon glow all around it. Oh, okay. But it was out of operation for the months that they were filming oh, this. <laughs> didn't even get to use it. And of course, being in Dallas, it was the heat. The heat in Dallas. 
which meant that flipping old Murphy had a hell of a he had a hell of a time. Hell of a time in his suit. Hell of a time. It took yeah. him eleven hours to get into the suit the first time. Yeah, because temperatures could regularly exceed hundred degrees, and yeah. Weller could lose eight pounds a day wearing the suit in weight. Oh, that's crazy, and in between it? takes, he'd, he'd spend any time in between takes rehydrating, or they'd get cold air hoses and pump it into the suit. So he's just like. <laughs> so it must have been roasting because he'd done a lot of prep work beforehand how the robot would move moved and, and yeah he got went into it in movement and then when he put the seat on he couldn't he couldn't do any of it couldn't move apparently he got quite method apparently everyone on set had to call him uh, Murphy or Robo he got well into it apparently <laughs> and another fact about the suit is whenever you see Robocop getting in and out of a car you never actually see him getting in you never actually see him getting out because no. the suit getting in the car just sitting in the car so whenever you see Robo- Robocop in the car he's actually just in his boxer shorts he's just like he's got the top half on and then he's just in his I don't know I was going to say his Union Jack but probably Stars and Stripes pants once he's established his robocop and they give him the keys and he gets in the car and he drives off and every time a car drives up that ramp the back catches and it sparks sparks and then he goes out for his first night on the town and it's just great isn't it the first scene is the two rapists no no the first no 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 the first scene is in the shop of course it is yeah and after because you got that scene where he comes out up the ramp and the sparks come out and that's the first time you hear the iconic music yeah Music awesome. in this film is awesome as well. Yeah, it's brilliant. a great score. Yeah. It's like good for the action and the Ed to own. It's always there, it sits, yeah. And it lifts. But then when he's walking around the house yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's having the memories it's, of his wife. Oh, he sees the, his kid, his the wife. The strings are so, so moving, isn't it? Yeah, and then yeah. he gets angry as it, it as it goes on. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. just great. But it, yeah, it's the, when he first comes out in that car and that's the first time, duh, 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 and you hear it and it's like, oh man, bosh. Before that as well, before that, it's the first time we hear about the... Um, these prime objectives as well. Oh, yes. So, number one, serve public trust, protect the innocent, uphold the law, and then, of course, number four is classified. Yeah, great touch. So you know there's something there, but you don't bring it out. Yeah, that's good. So, yeah, then he gets in his car, and yeah. And he gets to the shop, and I've got a fact about the shop, Trev. Go on, I'd like to hear this. You see, so obviously you see the husband and wife who's actually sat watching, I'll buy an ad for a yeah. dollar. The wife's not laughing, is she? She's not laughing, but he's laughing like... <laughs> <laughs> like that <laughs> and then the perp walks in and he goes to the comic rack and he actually picks up Iron Man oh uh, right yeah because there's a bit of Iron Man in the suit as well isn't yeah it? that's a nod to the Iron Man being another you know metal thing and then obviously yeah he, he puts the comic on the counter and <laughs> says empty the register I remember this scene and it reminds me of when ITV played Robocop for the first time and I think it was on at like 8 o'clock at night on a Saturday and I thought, how can they play Robocop at eight o'clock at night on a Saturday? It was like 45 minutes long in the end. Oh, what, just cut <laughs> they everything? They cut so much out. All the language was like yeah, cut out work. as well. And then <laughs> this bit here, he turns around and he goes, why me? <laughs> you know, we all know he's going, fuck me. Yeah, no, I've written here. Me. He just says, fuck me, about, it must be about 30 <laughs> times. Just, fuck me, fuck me, fuck. It's just constant. And in, in the Brilliant. ITV version, he's going, why me, me? why me, why me? Because <laughs> he got a gun, mate. Yeah, but I've written that. I've written me, fuck me, times 20. It just, yeah, the amount of times he says it. Like, if you wanted to drop from an X rating to an R, an R rating or whatever, just cut a couple of the fuck me's out, mate. And then, yeah, there's another, and obviously, he walks up to the gun, doesn't he, and bends the barrel. Yeah, the perp goes to run away and he just swings his arm at him, doesn't he? And yeah. Psh- <laughs> Thank you for your cooperation. Good night. Good night. Yeah. Then it's the rapey scene. Where the two blokes with a knife. And I never noticed this until this time I was watching it and I was like, the blonde guy. I recognise the blonde guy. Oh, really? It's Copeland out of Police Academy. Is it? Scott Thompson. Ah. Do you remember in the first Police Academy, there's the two bastards who get their heads shaved? Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. They, he's one of them. One of the kiss asses. Yeah, he's one of... I just love those films. I've got to watch them again. Well, it's just the first one, probably. Yeah, it's sort of, you get to Police Academy 92 and it sort of loses it a bit, doesn't it? But uh, that crotch shot, apparently that was on the day. The director, it was meant to be, he was just going to shoot him. And it yeah. was on the day the director said, actually... Yeah, let's do... Because that's an iconic scene as well, isn't it? The crotch yeah. shot. <coughs> Your move, creep. Another iconic line in that scene. I will notify a rape crisis centre. And she's like, goes to oh. hug you, and then she like, doesn't know how to hug you. <laughs> yeah. like, how do you hug a team? Oh. Yeah. 
And then it's back. He goes to the mayor, throwing his weight around after losing the election. Oh, what, the hostage scene? Yeah, brilliant scene. I want a recount. Apparently that's based on an actual hostage situation. Oh, was it? Apparently. Arthur C. Clarke said that anyone who wants to go into politics instantly shouldn't be allowed to go into politics because they're probably not of the right mind to be a politician. Because well, <laughs> yeah. they're only in their self-gain. So then yeah, he punches through punches the wall. Through the wall. Through the wall he? And then he punches him out, out through the window and you notice when he falls and the cameras film him, but the next time you see it on the news, you see him fall out the window and bounce on the mat oh, okay. <laughs> just below the window and he bounces back into the shop. Ah, uh, I'd see. I didn't notice that. It's your keen eye. And then it goes into the advert, my favourite advert before the news anchor. It's Nukem, the family fun Nukem game. Pakistan is threatening my border! You haven't uh. dismantled your NX stockpile. <laughs> That's it, son. No more military aid. Nukem. Nukem. Get them before they get you. I love it. There's another advert, though, the 6000 SUX. With the dinosaur. Oh, that's it, with the dinosaur. But yeah, uh, yeah. the film director, John Landis, I didn't realise that. I was looking through Google today and then it was like, what? John Landis is in Robocop. He directed Blues Brothers, American World in London. All oh, right. So what was he? He's in that advert. He's like the hippie bloke who points up and goes, ah! Is it really? Oh, quality. Because ah, yeah. that car is then, that's later in the film, yeah. isn't it? And I mean, that's another thing. That. It's like, it's consumerism. This is satired in this so much, isn't it? You know, everything's bigger and better and everything's privatised and everything's going to cost. Ed 209 is just this big fucking bulky machine that doesn't work. But like even Dick Jones is like, who cares if it works or not? It was going to make us all rich. Yeah, you know, exactly. And that's quite true to form. Just how it is, yeah. So we then go to the famous toilet scene. Oh, Bob. He comes in, doesn't he? He comes in, he's giving, giving it, it the big one. He's giving it the big one about he's not scared of Dick Jones, he's full of full of it and all this. And then obviously the people around him start leaving in a hurry. He knows in the toilet. I just love the shot. It's a low angle shot and it's just his feet. Feet, that's right. <laughs> Under the cube. You see them at the urinals. And then the guy Bob's talking to like zips up mid-flow. <laughs> and he's like wets himself. I gotta go. I gotta meet him. But yeah, just some of the dialogue in that bit as well. As he, uh, Dick Jones is saying about um, sometimes I used to call the old man Iron Butt <laughs> and Boner. Once I called him asshole, but there was always respect. I knew where the line was drawn, and you just stepped over it, buddy boy. I oh, like the way though, so all the way through this film, there's so much violence and swearing, yeah. and then like Boner. <laughs> Iron butt. <laughs> Once I called him an arsehole. <laughs> but it was always respect. I said, you just fucked with the wrong guy. He goes to stroke his hair and then pulls his hair. And he's like, That's right. Yeah, he's, a, he's such a, he's a good character. That oh, No, he's a bad character. He's a bad character, but he's, he's, a bad one. he's good at being bad. He's good at being bad. Yeah, so he Bob has sort of made a bed for himself now that he's got to sleep then in. Then the toilet scene goes to Robocop having his dream, doesn't it? He's strapped up to the thing. And he starts... Oh, no, we, we should talk about the... When he's firing the gun back in the police station when we first see yeah. him, Lewis says to him... Oh, she she doesn't see him then, does she? She recognises him. She doesn't speak to him at that point. Yeah, and you th- But she has clocked him, hasn't You can she? tell she's thinking. And it's after this scene where he's having his dream. Yeah. Yeah, and then he gets up, doesn't he? But yeah, then he, he storms out and they're trying, obviously, they can't stop him. He's Robocop. And then he walks past Lewis, doesn't he? That's right. And, she's, and she says, Murphy... Murphy. Murphy, it's you. Oh, he goes to some department where he gets information, doesn't he? He looks at Murphy. No, he doesn't get that information yet, does he? He leaves. Oh, does he? He just goes out on the street, and then you see Emil holding up the gas station. That's right, the garage, the petrol station. You think you can outsmart a bullet? Oh, yeah, the bookworm. College yeah, boy. Robocop turns up, doesn't he? And he says, dead or alive. Dead or alive. You're coming with me. Which triggers Emil. You're dead. We killed you. I know you. We killed you. Yeah. And then a massive explosion. Blowing up, Blows the, up the petrol station. station. I'm glad the guy got out. Yeah, you like, see him get out, don't you? With his geometry books. Because I hate things like that where you think, oh, innocent people just died here. For he, me, yeah, you know? he was only there getting paid real crap money reading his books. Exactly. You know, he didn't deserve to die. Like you're saying about when the bloke comes in uh, robbing the shop earlier as well, you just feel for this old couple, don't you? Yeah. Just like some nan and granddad work. Yeah, this, the safe's hidden in beer cans, isn't it? <laughs> if I remember yeah, this, yeah. So not, it doesn't seem a great place to keep it, because what if someone comes in and goes, oh, I'm having 12 beers? We have to have the ones from the <laughs> side and the ones from the back. Yeah. But, um, I mean, Detroit, we're saying about 
the city like they use, but a lot of the shots as well, they use matte paintings. OCP, the headquarters, is like the actual building, but they've used a matte painting, so it looks like it's all part of the same building. Oh, okay. So it's all like futuristic, and a lot of the elevator shots in OCP are the same. Ah, okay. So you see the elevator going down. That's an actual elevator, but the surrounding is all like a matte painting. So that's made me want to watch it again, so I can see what you mean there. Films from our era, it's all physical you know it's people have done that now it's cgi is just yeah now it's there's some good cgi like when they use both like lord of the rings and the harry potter films where there's physical and there's digital and it's a good meld but when they just it's just all digital you can tell it's all digital can't you it's explosion in the petrol station when i watched the uh documentary they was all over texas blowing up different things yeah, yeah. it was on the news every single night you know because it was all real pyrotechnics yeah yeah some of the explosions I mean that petrol station one is massive that's like fire it's huge inferno. it's huge isn't it and awesome. uh, Robocop just walking out of it some great shot isn't it yeah it's him silhouetted oh, shoots out uh, Emil's tyres that's right Emil's recognised him and he's recognised Emil and he's like who are you and that's when he goes so we take it Emil he's probably Checked in, hasn't he? Booked him in. Yeah, I can only assume you don't see him book him in, and that there's two or three that he gets hold of, isn't there? Yeah, they get arrested. I think it's only Bodica that you actually see him at the desk. Yeah, but, but then once he's recognised this Emil and he's recorded that him saying that as well, isn't he? So he can play it back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he goes through the archives, doesn't he? Puts his and spike he's got in. That, <laughs> that data spike. Yeah. brilliant, isn't it? As I said, you can't be in here. And then the spike it, comes it's out. It's just like the finger, and it? It's like flipping him the bird, but it's nasty metal spike. And then he right. and then he pulls up a mill, doesn't he? He runs him through the face recognition, and then he gets he clicks on known associates, and then he looks at Murphy, doesn't he? He finds out who they've killed, Clarence Bodica, and who he's killed. But that sequence with the the face recognition, yeah, I mean, that wasn't. That didn't exist back then. No. So that would have been animated, you know, and that's the sort of thing now. It does exist. It does. You know? Yeah. Just flipping cameras everywhere, picking you up as you're walking down the street. And even like when he goes to arrest Ronnie Cox and he's got that sat Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. He, he didn't have, have sat like back yet. Yeah. It's all here now. Yeah, it's all here and some. Yeah. So then obviously he gets he gets Murphy's file and he pulls up the address and that's when he goes to the house, isn't it? Like something really important to tell yeah. you. Yeah. Oh, that's it. I love you. I love yeah, yeah, yeah. You. Dreamy. Oh, and then the kid's watching TJ Laser. Dad, Dad. Can you do that? And he, he does that thing. Do you saying about uh, Weller learning how to move like a robot but when he actually got in the suit couldn't move? There's the bit where he's, mm. he speeds up and he starts marching out <laughs> and he sort of marches out but you can tell he can't march very well. But, uh, yeah. Because he, he gets angry in there, doesn't he? And he punches that screen. Because that's another thing. It's like you you walk in. As soon as you walk in, he walks in. Oh, it's thing, the... It's like, Welcome, shopper. Yes, and buying the house. Buy stuff, buy stuff. Consume, yeah. consume, consume. It's like Des O'Connor or something, something like that, yeah. Screen, like cheesy. It? Selling, like, yeah, cheesy oh, grin. for it. Peyton Place grin. So, yeah, he goes to the nightclub. He walks in. He sees matey. And uh, matey tries kicking him in the balls. This is a great bit on the uh, audio commentary I was listening to last night. And he, like, gets his gun out and he knocks it out of his hand. And another bloke catches it. That's right. And then when he goes to kick him in the nuts, they said there was editing the scene and it just wasn't funny. And then they edited it where he kicks him in the nuts and they put this, like, gong sound over the top. Oh, yeah, it does gong. And it, it was a little bit funnier, but they said it still wasn't funny. So then if you watch it again, he kicks him in the nuts, you hear the gong, and then it cuts to a shot of the director, Paul Verhoeven, trying to direct, like, people how frantic he wants them dancing, and he's just going... Like that. I want to see <laughs> it's a real close-up shot of the director. Oh, right. And I've never, ever noticed that shot. Let alone like that is the and that's director. Straight after he Until kicks I watch him in the it now, and it's like, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I'll have to watch it, it again. Is, yeah, you just see him, and he's like going, moving his hands really far. I'll have to watch that again, as if he's like someone dancing. So, and then he grabs him, and just drags and him that's out it, by drags his hair. him, drags him across the floor. He's like, <laughs> yeah, great. And then because I mean, Robocop, it is a comedy, isn't it? It is. He's tongue in cheek. He's tongue in cheek. Very dark comedy. It's very violent, but I mean, there is funny bits in it. All the way through, like you say, the adverts and That's stuff. The adverts and made the, the newscast with that hippie bloke. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then he says something really weird at the end. He's like, I can't remember what it is. 
So it goes from the nightclub, Matey gets dragged out, we're just assuming that he gets booked in, and then it cuts to Bob in the hotel room with the two ladies of the night. Yeah, is it a hotel or is it his apartment? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, probably his apartment, his actually, apartment, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah, it's probably his apartment. It looks very flash. Yeah. A mountain of cocaine, doing yeah. it off her boobs and that. And the... two, go- two intelligent women. He loves women who are intelligent. Yes, yes. <laughs> what does she say? She says something like, Sometimes I just think of things and it makes me so horny. <laughs> it's just such a corny line. And then obviously there's a knock at the door, isn't there? It's champagne. Of course. It's champagne. Mr. Clarence. Clarence Boldaker. Oh my God. What are you doing here, boy? Yeah. Bitches leave. That's it. Bitches Apparently, leave. Verhoeven, he always calls the actors by their character names. Yeah. And he always called them girls bitches. <laughs> so bitches, you go over there. Bitches. Move over here. <laughs> and then obviously Clarence walks in, bitches leave. He does, he shoots his legs out. He's like, whatever, I'm, I'll DVD pay you, I'll pay you, don't do this, I'll pay you. And then he goes to his sound, he puts the disc in. He, he just doesn't even speak to him, does he? Not really, no. Doesn't react to him, does he? He just, no, I'm here to do a job. There's no talking to him. And that's when, I mean, it's a great reveal when you think, oh my God, this is how deep the, the corruption's gone, isn't it? Yeah, cancelling you, Bob. Yeah. That's what Dick Jones says. Cashing you out. Cashing you out. He's already shot him in the legs, and then he gives it... It's a grenade, isn't it? Puts a grenade on the table. No, that's it, and he puts it just out of reach. He's obviously trying to climb to it, and then bang, massive explosion. Oh, after that, I think it goes to the factory scene. I mean, everything that happens knocks on for the next scene, doesn't it? Like, there's no gap where there's nothing really relevant happening, is there? We find out that Clarence is... In cahoots with Dick Jones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then in the next scene, Robocop finds it out. There's no messing about, is there? It just swiftly moves from scene to scene, doesn't it? Do you know what yeah, I there's mean? Yeah, no, there's no fillers in this film. It doesn't feel like. It's like... No. Just plot, 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 bang, the end. It's everything just revolving. It's all important. So they're in the factory, and I think it's Clarence and a couple of the hitmen that are left, and a couple of his henchmen that are left. Yeah. Uh, Steve is the Asian guy. Cox is there. Yeah. Black he, guy. He survives this one, though, doesn't he? He's still hanging on. Yeah. He gets knocked over the ledge. That's but, right. like, this drug scene, I always remember another video I bought was the making of Robocop. I bought it from Woolworths. And it was all about the making of this scene. Oh, really? And it was basically, it showed you them setting this scene up, all the squibs and stuff. Because they're up on a, on a mezzanine floor. Yeah. And then there's the bang at the door. And then, <laughs> come quietly or there will be trouble. He always leaves that gap. Come quietly yeah. or there will be trouble. Fuck, Fuck you. you. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's carnage. And it is a great scene. It reminds me a bit of the scene in um, Predator where they go into that village. It's a very similar sort of... Arnie lifts up the back of the truck, doesn't he? Puts the explosives. And this is the big action scene, isn't it? Yeah. Each gunshot is like... So bloody in this film, isn't it? The scribs are just amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no messing about. Um, old Bodica's spilling his guts a bit, isn't he? Oh, he does. I work for Dick Jones. I work for Dick Jones. And he's throwing him through the windows. Yeah, he gets cut. It's grim where he spits, spitting blood all over him. Oh, that's right, yeah. Spits it on his visor. He spits on him. And I was watching that this time going, oh, get COVID. <laughs> <laughs> a bit monkey aids. You always thought it was disgusting, but now you... Yeah, you... T- anything like that, you've got oh, it's a very unhygienic. You set on it, isn't it? Oh, you have to self-isolate, Clarence. And then, obviously, he brings him in a police station, and he spits again, doesn't he? Yeah. Aim, and he spits on a thing. Just give me my fucking phone call. What's the charge as Robo's leaving? It's like, he's a cop killer. Yeah. And then he's off straight to... Straight for Dick Jones. And this is where we find out that... Actually, he can't arrest him because Dick Jones has put in a clause. Oh, that's Directive it. Four is Dick Jones's yeah. own little addition to the Robocop program. You can't arrest a senior OCP. And he would. I mean, if, if you're that corrupt and you know that things could get out, <laughs> you're going to... You're going to make the Directive Four. Yeah. So, yeah, he goes, I've come to arrest you. He went, oh, of course, officer. Puts his hands out and then, obviously, he starts glitching. Well, again, doing it's, uh, you can tell he likes his miming, don't yeah. you? Even though... It, I don't know. It's still effective, but it's strange, isn't it? When you watch a film like that and you just think it's a film, it's great. But then when you think, that's a man there doing that. Doing that. Yeah. <laughs> Grown man. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Directive 4. Yes, yeah, so Directive 4. He cannot arrest anyone from OCP. Of course he can't. You wouldn't want that. You wouldn't want to be anyone to be able to do that. 
And then does he bring out Ed 209? Yeah, and then he's like, oh, you've still got a bit of fight in you because Robocop gets his gun out, doesn't he? That's and he right. drops the gun and he like, brings out Ed 209. And again, it just he has no control over Ed 209. Because like at the beginning when... I always used to wonder, did he know that was going to happen? Was this his example? He wanted to show, he wanted to kill that Kenny so people could see. He wanted it to be like that, yeah, boy. But you actually see, as soon as Kenny drops the gun and Ed 209 just carries on at the beginning scene, you see Dick Jones just look, oh shit. Yeah. He looks over to the guys on the computers. And then this scene again, it's like all of a sudden it's like, oh fuck. (laughs) They're just shooting the hell out of my office. And he's like, quick. Someone get up here! <laughs> <laughs> We've got to discuss the fight with Ed Turner because it's a great little fight and he gets the cannon and he catches it and he turns and that's right. shoot <sighs> his other cannon off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then when he escapes downstairs and Ed Turner just can't... can't make, can, yeah, can't, can't go downstairs. Or stairs. Yeah. And it's such a great comedy scene. He's like... Design floor. Again, yeah. Phil Tippett's animation is just perfect like yeah. his toes are like clenching and he's like oh. it's just a failed project and then just slips they didn't animate him falling down the stairs he, just as he slips they cut and it, basically they just have a little model and they just tip him down the stairs and filmed the model falling oh really it's just pushed down the stairs and then he's on the bottom squealing like a baby and well, <laughs> kicking on his back it was brilliant oh quality it yep. is great so you got the toy Ed 206 yeah, I, I it wasn't it until well. I looked at it today. It said two two six zero. Two six zero. It must be from the cartoon because there was a cartoon spin off. Yes, it's Robocop and Ultra Police. Mm. Ages four and up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> ages four and up. See, I always thought that it was bad enough having a cartoon of Highlander which was a film about men who had to go around chopping each other's heads off. Yeah. <laughs> but then a cartoon of Robocop. Anyway. So now he's got nowhere to turn, but he gets rescued by Lewis. Uh, yep, yeah, because he roll. It's a multi-story car park, isn't it? He rolls down the levels, and then she pulls up the car. And he looks. He looks like he's defeated at that point. He's like a scared it's little real, puppy. Yeah, it is really great. I suppose it's a bit, a bit like Frankenstein's monster, isn't he? How he starts off the monster, but becomes becomes the victim. Yeah, almost, but yeah. It was just that that shot where she pulls up the car, and he just looks real vulnerable and. You're like, oh, I feel a bit sorry for Murph. And then they drive off to where he, he was... gets in again. You don't see him getting in the car. I don't know if you've ever had to get a very elderly person into a car. It's a bloody <laughs> nightmare. I imagine, I imagine it was like that for Lewis, getting him in. But then we know that he was just sat in his pants. So yeah, it's, it's all good. And then they escape. <laughs> yeah, and that is where the uh, the advert with the dinosaur and the six thousand SUX comes oh, up it's after there, that, isn't bit. it? Yeah, and she takes him back to. Where he was killed, isn't it? The same factory. Oh, it is, yeah. That is the same place, yeah. isn't it? Where he went, they went initially. Yeah. Yeah, goes back there, and then that's... They sort of a bit of bonding, and this is where he realises he's Murphy. Unscrews his helmet yeah. for the first time, isn't it? He takes the helmet off. He's becoming more human as the film progresses, isn't he? The iconic Murphy. Bulbous head. That makeup again, though, is, it is brilliant, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and whenever I see that, I've got, uh, I think you've met him actually, my mate Turner, a good friend of mine from up, up in Bedfordshire. <laughs> he does look like Robocop when he hasn't got his helmet. So he has had the nickname Murphy for, <laughs> for ages because he's all forehead. Uh, says me, says me who sat here with the shine coming off the top of my bald head. And then, yeah, I think before that scene, actually, I think uh, yeah. that's where you see Clarence Bodica goes to Dick Jones. And Dick Jones is like, You said my name, you brought me into this. Yeah. You need to go and fix this, you need to you need to destroy him. And that's where he gives him the you know, the little tracker. The tracker. And they go and find and, him. And he says and he says, can I get, what about weapons? Have you got military weapons? And he goes, we are the military. OCP is the military, basically. Yeah. Which then cuts to another brilliant scene with them looting. So obviously, Emil and all that have been released by this point. Yeah, because by this point, the, the cops are on strike. Yeah, and everyone's looting Delta the streets. City, it's being... like the purge out there, isn't it? That's right. Not, yeah, it's not Delta looting. City. They, this is what the whole thing is. They want to build Delta City. So yeah, they've got right. to make Detroit safe. So they can knock it down and build it up. Build a new, brand new city. city, That's right. So everyone's looting, and then you see Emil, I think he's sat on his car having a cigarette, and he's watching, I'll buy that for a dollar. And he does the laugh. He smashes the the screen out, doesn't he? That's it, he smashes it so you can watch it. it. But these are all abandoned buildings, and they've turned them into shops. Yeah. Just so they can blow them Ah, all up. Yeah, because they proper blow them up. So they're all like ready for demolishing anyway, and fucking pyrotechnics blowing the hell out of this whole street. Because Clarence turns up, doesn't he? He turns up with the guns. These massive... You look how far... I mean, you could see this is the actor's 
firing these guns and then there's these explosions going off and like the very last explosion they almost stood on the bloody on thing it. they're right next to it Elf and Safety and in the like 80s you can mate, see it's all their actors Elf and Safety <laughs> in the 80s completely different wasn't it completely oh different oh my god then. they must have been shitting yeah. themselves and then Emil's got that gun I like it I like it they were saying on the audio commentary as well there's a lot of it is um, ad-libbed oh really they said Clarence Boddicker um Kurtwood Smith was just excellent for just making up lines. Like the scene where they're in the drug deal. They're, he's having a showdown with matey, isn't he? Like, you know, they're trying to be the big man each. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then all the guns come down and Clarence Bonner just, just goes, guns, guns, guns. <laughs> 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 like that. They're just like, what a great line just to throw in there. He, They were just loving it. Him and Dick Jones loved playing the bad guys in this, wouldn't they? They were just great. And at then, it. yeah, then it cuts back to the the factory, didn't it? Deserted factory. I think Robocops, yeah, what, what's he doing there? Oh, he's tracking. His tracking's gone on his gun. Yeah. And she actually and Lois, brings him, she brings him some baby food. Yeah. And then helps him with his tracking. He's trying to shoot the bottles. Um, the baddies turn up Clarence and co in the, in the, in the van. And, and it's the car. not a massive... Yeah, then it all kicks off. It's not a massive scene. Either. No, no. It's... Action scenes these days just seem to go on. But this is just, it's punchy. Yeah, this last know. bit of the film went really quick, I thought. This, yeah. yeah, it's real quick. A lot quicker than I thought. Because as soon as, yeah, he throws that bit of mirror, they start shooting, and then they get in their cars, cut him off, yeah. drive round, and then he, he comes down to the he stands, <laughs> it's quite cheesy, really. He stands in front of that toxic, toxic waste. waste. And then Emil, yeah, straight into it. Oh, that scene, though, when he comes out, <laughs> he's just rolling around in it. <laughs> wasn't there like oh, the old Jesus. there was a spin-off series wasn't there of robocop back in the 90s it was fucking awful i remember trying to watch it um, it was animated was it no it was a live action made for tv series oh, right. yeah 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 and one of the villains in it is meant to be this emil after he's melted and he's called it's called <laughs> or something like that and he's like pr- oh. oh my oh god because when i went through my phase of getting the old collecting the old toys and that yeah pie face there's something like I that i think it's part it? of the tv spin-off yeah but i'm not sure i'll have to look into well that. there's the tv spin-off there's the cartoon oh, it's, all... it's just the way the way he gets up and it's oh, just the way his fingers are oh, it's just all like, hanging oh. and he's like and even like the way he's breathing help me <laughs> like just a wheeze isn't it? and then uh, is it the it's Clarence Bonnicker's driving isn't it and just smashes through him and you just see his head roll over the bonnet I can't quite remember what happens Bonnicker does Robocop shoot his car out or something? Um, but there's that shot where they're chasing and the, the hubcap pops flies off, off. Yeah, that's that right. was a complete fluke oh really I can't do you know what I can't think how the car stops no I can't whether he just gets out and pulls the gun out no he doesn't have a gun does he I've watched it twice in two days <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't think. All I know is that they both end up in that open space. Lewis is injured. Yeah, and Robocop's walking. You know, he's had the crucifixion, he's had the resurrection, and yeah. now he's walking on water. Yeah. At the end, isn't he? Walking over the water. Going to get Clarence Bodica. And Robocop says to him, I'm not arresting you this time. That's right. And then Nash. And then is Nash is it. up in the thing with the moving the, the crane arm. He drops the drops all the metal on Robocop and then Bodica picks up the spike. And that's a great shot. Yeah. He just like he looks up and you just see all that metal just pummel him into the ground. Bodica's stood there, Lewis is on the floor. Because Clarence Bodica's cheering, and then Nancy Allen's got hold of the gun, and she and she just shoots Nash up in the box. Oh, that's it explodes, explodes. yeah, that's explodes it. Him. Bang. And then that's when he gets the spike and he goes over and he just like starts stabbing Robo. Stabs him, it, yeah, he stabs, stabs it. right in the... Bash! Sayonara, Robocop! Yeah, and that's... Yeah, and then, that's but then it, out comes the spike in the neck, out, Buff, and just and yeah. blood just splash all over. Oh, you're talking the, yeah, the blood squirting out of him and he's standing there and he, it's just coming out everywhere. The blood in this film just, it just looks grim, doesn't it? It looks slimy, it looks dark. It looks bloody, doesn't it? You know, some yeah, films it's, it's over the top or something, you know, but this... Nah, it was brilliant. And then Robocop, I can't remember, what, he, what does he say to Lu, uh, Lu, Lewis? No, she says, oh, I'm a mess. Oh, Murphy, I'm a mess. <laughs> or something like that. They'll fix you. They fix everything. And then he goes, starts, and then it cuts. It cuts back to uh, him turning up at OCP again. Yeah, and Dick Jones is having none of it. He's put Ed 209 out on patrol now outside OCP. That's right. Expecting it. You are illegally parked. <laughs> You have 20 seconds to comply. <laughs> and then Robocop, casual as you like, gets out. You don't see it again. He's got to put his trousers on, cover his pants. 
He gets out, <laughs> casually opens the back door, pulls out the massive gun, guns. just, just <laughs> bang. God. But that bit of head to an eye, the Robocop walks off and the legs come oh, in. Oh, that's right, yeah, yeah, There's yeah. that little fan on top spinning around and that's smoke right. sputtering out. And then he falls and the leg twitches, the, the little toe. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Just destroyed. And then, yeah, straight straight into the boardroom. And, yeah, Dick Jones, he's doing a presentation again, isn't he, about Ed 209? Yeah. The, the old man and Johnson and all that around the table. And then the door opens and it's a very battered Robocop. And the old man says... Can I help you, officer? And he gets his spike out and he stabs it into the monitor. And then, yeah, puts his spike in, plays the feedback. And then, yeah, obviously Dick then grabs a gun, doesn't he, and holds it to the old man. I think that was decided on the day as well. I think there was no quite how to get out of the the clause, like the directive. Because he can't arrest him and he can't kill him. Dick, you're fired. Thank you. I don't know. It's like you hear things like that and you think, well, surely they might. They couldn't have gone into filming that without having it knowing how they're going to end it but apparently that was the old man's suggestion was like well shouldn't I just fire it so how were they going to do it (laughs) I don't know I don't know it's weird Dick you're fired Robocop thank you and the way he falls yeah his arms seem really long when he's falling yeah it it looks a bit weird doesn't it but I I, I love that it looks weird I love that it's not perfect I love it I think it gives it character and I think doesn't that literally that happens you see him fall the old man goes What's your name, officer? That's it. And then he turns Murphy. around. Murphy. And then it's and just... Bang. Credits. Bang. Done. Finished. But the film is like... It goes through the motion so quick. There's no fucking around. It's never been, you know, the sequels, the remakes. Nothing's going to top it. Why don't they just... No, the second one was all right. It was nowhere near as good, but... <sighs> it was is no, it the third one not, where he flies? I can't remember actually finishing watching the, the third one. I got the trilogy on DVD. I think at some point we should revisit the third one. Just for a laugh. Yeah, I, I I do want to watch the second one again. I just remember quite liking the second one, but yeah. it's not as good as the first. And the third one, he started flying. I thought, oh, the, I remember the second one being like, just stupid. Like, why would they choose they, they, a drug dealer to become Robocop 2? Like, why is there a little boy in charge of a gang? I just, yeah, I can't really remember the plot. I just know that they want to dismantle him, don't they? It, it was a mess. It's actually directed by Irving Kirshner, who directed Empire Strikes Back. Oh, okay. Robocop 2. I think it was written by Frank Miller, or originally it was written Frank by... Frank Miller? Yeah, who wrote Sin City? Sin City and that, yeah. Yeah, they're not, they're, it's not a patch. And the new one, I watched it once, and I've got it, and I've tried watching it since, and I just can't. I can't into it the only time i've ever walked out of a cinema was the remake of robocop it was me and about three of my mates all loved the original we literally probably done about half an hour 40 minutes and we all looked at each other and was like this is shit let's go and we yeah bailed. <laughs> never done that before no they go too far on the feelings side of it that one don't they they give him his hand so he can feel his son yeah it's just the feel it hasn't got the same feel it hasn't got that dark edge it hasn't the scene isn't created it's got some good actors in there i mean mm. you've got the guy who plays Robocop, I didn't know him at the time, but I've seen him in a few other things. I quite like him. Um, who else is in it? You've got... Um, oh, Samuel Jackson's in there. Samuel Jackson. What's, that? what's he called? Big Moe's brother. Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman. Yeah, yeah so he's got, he's got a good cast there. But, but then, like, yeah. Gary Oldman just tends to do anything these days. Do you know what I mean? He used to be really good, but now he just takes the takes a paycheck and runs, doesn't he? Do you know what I mean? They'll probably be in EastEnders soon. He probably will. You think his early career is just great, wouldn't he? I watched True Romance the other day. He was great in that. He's great He's in Drexel. that. Drexel. Leon, the professional. Book of, Book of Eli I watched. Oh, I've not watched that. I've got that to watch. You've never seen that? One of our listeners, Chris Benton, always says that I should watch that, so I will watch yeah. it. Yeah, I used to love it when it first came out, and I watched it not that long ago. I still enjoyed it. Mm. I was just looking at the facts I'd written down. I, I mentioned them all. There was just one. Apparently, they went over budget filming this. Yeah. And they they finished shooting, and they hadn't done Murphy's death scene. Oh right! They then had to go and get more, go to the studio and ask for more funds to then go back and do film that scene. So that was the last bit of the film that was done. The budget for this film was only ten million. I mean, that sounds a lot of money, but for a film of this caliber, it's fuck all. Ghostbusters was like thirty million. What year was that? It was about the same. Ghostbusters was eighty four. It came out. Return of the Jedi was thirty million, and this was ten million. And for what they've achieved from that budget is amazing really they couldn't have paid the actors <laughs> yeah I, there was something there was something about the suits as well they had three or four suits a lot of the budget went on the suits yeah um 
it was actually nominated for Academy Awards in, I think it was editing and I think it was special effects. Or yeah, I was, I was about to say, surely it'd be special effects. But it, it didn't win either of them. Uh, it lost out to editing to The Last Emperor, but it did win a special achievement award oh, okay. for yeah, the sound was. editing. You wouldn't think of Robocop as an award, Academy Award winning film, would you? But yeah, it was. No. It was. I'll tell you what I love about it, what I'm finding now, I'm in my 40s, early 40s, I'm finding I'm revisiting things that I really enjoyed earlier in my life. And I'm being thoroughly disappointed with them. Yeah, there's a lot of that, isn't there? I probably haven't watched Robocop, I don't know, mm. five years or something since I last watched it, maybe. Probably haven't watched it since my little boy's been born. And I watched it, and I enjoyed it as much as I've ever have done. Yeah, ever. Yeah, it's just, it stands the test of time, and I, I just feel quite a lot of these modern films won't stand the test of time. No, already they don't. I mean, there's a few that pop up, there's a few that pop up, and you think, that's good. Well, Stan, thanks ever so much for joining me. I'll tell you what, Trev, I've really enjoyed it. Not only did I get to watch one of my favourite films, and it's just been nice seeing you and chatting about it. Yeah, it's been good. Good catch-up, bud. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and we'll be back again with more WN Movie Talk podcast at some point. And Stan, hopefully we'll hear from you again soon, too. Yes, Trevor, and in in the meantime, stay out of trouble. (laughs) Yeah, I will do, actually, mate. I'm quite a good boy. (laughs) Cheers! Cheers, mate!